This is a Geek Bro Podcast. What's up, besties? This is episode 40, 90 Day Fiance of Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez, and I am still the second part of that title. I hope that you're staying safe and healthy during this time. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. This week's episode is Josh Link. Josh is the singer-songwriter and musician for the band The Anchor Collective, as well as the co-host of the podcast Dirty Rotten Church Kids. I've known Josh for a really long time. We actually went to high school together, and this was such a fun episode. It was so great to get to talk to him again. We haven't talked in a really long time during this whole COVID thing, but thankfully, because of the powers of Zoom and the internet, we were able to do that And I honestly think that you guys are going to love this episode. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with my buddy, Josh Link. So I'm a native Floridian. I was born in Hialeah Hospital, Miami-Dade County. I lived... I guess it's Miami, Miami Lakes. It's, it's around that area next to the Dolphin Stadium. Yeah. Uh, my parents scrapped all their money t- or scraped, <laughs> scraped their money together and uh, bought a trailer. That was like the big thing. My, my dad's family is nuts. They're either dead or in jail. Yeah. And my mom's family immigrated from Cuba. Uh-huh. And so for both of them to own their own place was huge. So they bought a place next to the Dolphin Stadium. And that was in 80, I was born in 86. And so I was born into that, that trailer home. And then we moved to Broward County about 91, 92. And I've been here forever. It's funny talking to people because so many people in South Florida are transplants. Like my wife is from Canada and her family is from Egypt. Like very few people are from Florida. Right. Um, And that's what makes it so diverse and unique. Well, yeah, yeah I've, you, I've been here. You've forever. either moved here, you've lived here your whole life. You're going to die here. Or you were in the Will Smith <laughs> video. Like, that's pretty yes. much it when it comes to Miami. Like, <laughs> people people came down. People came down, like, oh, this is what Mil- Will Smith said. And, like, they're waiting for him to show up again. Like, they're just stuck on that <laughs> yeah. long stretch of road that connects yeah. Miami to Miami Beach. The only Beach. cool part about Miami, only last three minutes. That's the only cool thing you can say about Miami. <laughs> is that the song where he talks about putting a cigar in his mouth but not lighting it? It's just for the look. <laughs> that's I don't that's, bite it. It's for the look or something like that. I don't yeah. light it. Look. It's, oh, it's, come on. That's Will. actually getting jiggy with it. That, that Will Smith time is all the same. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So <laughs> speaking of which, what kind mm-hmm. of kid would you say that you were growing up? Like, who did you sit with at the lunch table? That kind of thing. Oh, man. So, I mean, I wanted to fit in like everyone wants to fit in, right? Right. Uh, and so I tried my hand at sports. I'm like pseudo-athletic. I, 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 can, I can move my legs fast. <laughs> okay. Um, but I found myself just in the group of kids who liked video games, who liked finding where to buy VHS copies of the latest Dragon Ball Z episode, but like not dubbed the actual sub right. with the Japanese voices. Um, we were the ones who would find ways to like, when everyone in our class went on a field trip, we would find a teacher to let us stay in their room during the field trip so we can bring in our dance dance revolution pads and, <laughs> Screw the field trip, dude. We're just going to play video games the whole time. <laughs> um, so that was my group of friends. We, we just, I, I, like, I was always into just cartoons. Like I grew up on Disney movies. Like I grew up cracking open those huge plastic cases. Yeah, the clamshell. The, uh, the oh, the clamshell. Yeah. That's the word for it. Yeah. I, can, I can, when you say the word clamshell, I can smell the case. 
it's like yeah. that burned into my mind. Yeah, you hear the um, like pop that oh, it, dude. <laughs> my mom used to play that uh, the Tarzan soundtrack. But who was it? Phil Collins. Yeah, Phil Collins. The cassette all the time in the car, dude. That that soundtrack is You'll amazing. Be in my heart. Oh man, yeah, so good, so good. Yeah. Son of my life uh, in the sky, you'll be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't think I know what he's saying. I, I can probably pick out one word out of every ten. I, I know he Good. says "son" at one point. That's about all I can. <laughs> like you played the drums in that really cool intro, right? Yeah. Okay, write the whole movie. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you played that one drum fill that pretty much anybody who's ever played drums ever can yes. play. Can you write yes. this soundtrack? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that was my childhood, man. It's just a lot of Disney movies, and then Nickelodeon, and then Snick. And then all that, and Keenan and Kel. You remember? You ever get into Kablam? Of at course, all? yeah. Oh man, my sister and I used to hold our breath during the intro when they would go underwater. Yeah, to see if we could do it. That's, that's good awesome. times. Saturday nights and uh, frozen pizzas. Oh man, that's amazing. I love that. I want to talk about this because I never get to talk about this with other guests as much. But yeah. what kind of? I I want to I want to use the right word for this. What yeah, kind of what kind of environment like religion wise did you grow up in? Mm-hmm. Um my dad's family I don't know what they are. Yeah. Um my dad to his credit tried to keep them away from us as much as possible cuz they're just bad influences. Mm-hmm. But the ones I have met they're like pseudo spiritual. Uh, my mom came from uh like a santeria which for those of you who don't know is like um, Catholicism mixed with voodoo. Uh, it, it's predominantly a religion practice in the Caribbean by Spanish speaking countries. And so I, I grew up at a very Baptist conservative church in a church and, and I went to that school as well. So there were a lot of things I couldn't do like watch Beavis and Butthead <laughs> um, or my, like my dad was a rebel for buy me the Ren and Stimpy S, uh, Super Nintendo game because it was like had farts in it oh, wow. and had boogers in it. <laughs> um, so the environment was conservative. And now looking back, I see why my parents did that. Like they were just trying to raise my sister and I as best as they could. Right. In a community, in an environment that would support that. Just we want the best education. We want them to, su- to su- succeed. And um yeah, so it was very conservative. I mean, look, I, I could I can nitpick it and say, well, it was, it was kind of crappy. I missed out on a lot of stuff, but there were some good things. Like I, I, I think my sister and I turned out pretty well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was very, very conservative. Very like very conservative. Sure. I. I mean, yeah. I'm only asking because I have yeah. gone through the same exact thing, and you know that. Mm-hmm. And so because. Yeah. Because we've talked about it and things like mm-hmm. that, we actually went to the same school and church uh, for yeah, a listener. We did. But yeah, in fact, your your sister was in my graduating class. Yeah, in your grade. Yeah, yeah. she graduated. So, so that's how we know each other. It is pretty nuts because I completely see where you're coming from because it is mm-hmm. a good thing at the same yeah. time. But, you know, the, like the joke that I always tell everybody is like my rebellion was very tame. Like my rebellion was watching Harry Potter when I was in college. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you're like you got to watch that. <laughs> you have yeah. kids and you still can't watch it. <laughs> yeah, it, like I, I can see its place, right? Yeah. But this, uh, this one guy, uh, Richard Rohr, who um, Pete Holmes turned me on to, yeah. he said, like in in our life, like it, we are expected to go to school, to learn things, to go to college, to graduate, to get a job 
to find a significant other, to get a house and to have a family, whatever that means. And so in all these areas of our lives, we're expected to grow. But when it comes to spirituality, like the majority of people are like, no, you should, you just need to know these things and just do those things for the rest of your life. Yeah. When I heard that, I'm like, dang, that makes a lot of sense because as like you and I get older, like you experience new things and those new things shape your life, the shape, the way you dress or the music you listen to the people you hang out with or the way you act towards the world outside of you. So to not have those also affect your spirituality or lack of spirituality, I mean, is to me is very like, it's like the kid at the playground who just hoards all the toys. Like now these are all mine forever. Right. Like, okay, okay, dude, like you can grow up. And if you don't want to, that's fine. If people just want to stay there, cause that's fine. But that's not been my experience. But yeah, it, you and I both very know very well and have a distinct, like I'm pretty sure when, when I say the church and school we went to, you have a picture that comes up in your head. Yes. Like, yeah, there's very distinct images and, and times that we Smells. both Smells. Yeah, just old, when you open up a door to a room that hasn't been opened in like 30, 40 years. Yeah. And it's, it smells like old hymnals and <laughs> guilt. Old hymnals. That place, that place really did smell like a hymnal, huh? Yeah, it it is. It is accurate. Holy cow. Yeah. I remember chapels. Like I remember once a year, they would always have this guy. His name was Dr. King. I don't know if you remember this guy. No, his first name. (laughs) No, it's going to sound fake. Okay. Joe was his first name. Of course. And his last name was King. Of course. (laughs) Dr. Joe King. Yeah. Of course. Get out of here, dude. His whole He's not a real person. He's not a real person. He definitely wasn't. I'm pretty sure everything (laughs) he said was a lie. But he would go up on stage and how he would get the kids' attention (laughs) was that he... Uh, this was like back in 2001. He had seen the prototype for the PS4. By by the way, only the first PlayStation had come out. So we're like, whoa, this guy knows And he came to our conservative school to tell us. Whoa. Wrong market, buddy. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, and it turns out what you do is you put in this PS4 game, and then it it gives you the mark of the beast, and that's and, and then he would like start talking about the rapture and scared me, you know, yes. like nobody's business, and now and I was scared to do absolutely anything because Jesus yes. could come back at any moment and, and I could hear the trumpets and, you know, and, yes. and what if I was sleeping and they woke me up and, you know, like a whole bunch of different things that no kid should be thinking about, <laughs> you know? No, I, I, I remember he, I think it was two or three years, like consecutively he came and his ties were always too short for him. Yes. Like, I remember, that stood out. His, his <laughs> ties. And I remember his pants being too short for him as well. I, we need to find this guy, dude. <laughs> that's, after this podcast is over, that's all I'm doing. I'm going to find Dr. Joe King. <laughs> probably but not he, real. It's probably a pseudonym no, or something. No, he's not. Um, but he definitely, like, he always talked about the mark of the beast. Yeah. And and then one year he's like, it's a pill that you put either in, like, some position in your fingers or in your forehead. And, like, the same thing as you did. I was freaking out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, uh, yeah, I, w- I will rededicate my life to Jesus. I'll do whatever I can. I don't want to be marked by the beast. I don't He's think like, you understand, dude. I, I'm pretty sure I got saved 175 times a year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a year. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got saved at every chapel and every yeah. youth group. And I was in the youth group band. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, it's, thank God the freaking keyboard is this praying. Like, you know. And, and, it's, and it's no wonder, like, so many, like, when we all graduated, like, we're all like, that was bogus, dude. What? Yeah. Like, 
we're a college. Like people aren't marked by the beast. We don't have to pay for our food with these scanner things on our wrist or our forehead. <laughs> like this is what the hell did I just learn for how many years? Yeah, it was so. It was such a scare tactic. But man, it gives, it gives me a good story now. It's pretty funny now, but at the time it was horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it was terrifying, Horrible. dude. And then not to mention, like, they're making movies about this stuff, like the whole Kirk Cameron Left Behind series. Left Behind. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. <laughs> is it, though? <laughs> oh, yeah. The same way The Room is a good movie. Yeah, sure. It's just, just bad. It's great. Yeah, Left Behind is the Christian's version of The Room. Absolutely. Yeah, if I, that's exactly right. Yeah. Because, I'll, I'll allow it. I don't know if I would even allow it because that would that would presume that there's a good Christian movie. <laughs> oh, you want to spill some tea? <laughs> so <Sure. laughs> my mother-in-law comes up to me. She goes, uh, this is before the whole COVID thing. She goes, Josh, there's this really good Christian movie out or whatever it was. And she goes, we should, we should, you should go to the theater and see it. I'm like, did you already see it? She's like, yeah, but we should go and support it and show them we support them and show Hollywood that's what we want. I go, but that's not what I want. I don't want another bad Christian movie. I'm very sorry. And that was the end of the conversation. Like, I don't want to see another story about a kid who thought he went to heaven and came back. Yeah. I don't and I also don't want to see a movie that makes me text God's not dead at the end credits. You know what yes. I mean? Like yes. like I can we can figure that out without texting people or tweeting or having the guy from Duck Dynasty tell me what to do. Like <laughs> <laughs> hey thanks michael tate from dc talk but i got this <laughs> i don't think anyone else will get that dc talk reference but thank you i love that <laughs> that speaks directly to my jesus freak soul yes. <laughs> <laughs> whoa yeah but I, that yeah, was the name of know. our youth group do you remember that we were called the jesus freaks and for the listener i just closed my eyes and bowed my head in shame yeah and I closed my eyes and bowed my head to pray for our salvation for him. <laughs> oh, man. It's just the, you brought the Duck Dynasty guy. Yeah. There was a post about him saying something inflammatory. Of course. Why would Go he figure. ever not say that? <laughs> but who would have thought they would get so popular off of the duck things? Yeah. And now he's like a huge proponent in the in the conservative party. Right. Like, how, what? What? You made duck calling devices <laughs> it's, that you put your mouth into and you blow. Who would have ever thought the kid from Growing Pains would also be that as oh, well? That's true. You know what I mean? Damn. You never, you just never know when it comes to that stuff. Who that hurts? Yeah. Who would have thought that a guy that looks like he owns real estate to pizzerias would be a singer and call himself Carmen? You know? Yes. <laughs> Dude, I, I put on another one bites the or bites the dust or Satan, bite Satan the dust. bites the dust. I put that on when a friend's over just to piss people off because I know they all hate it. Dude, for the listener that doesn't know what we're talking about, oh, Carmen, so good. Carmen doesn't even sing songs. He talks. He just talks. Yes. Much like you are yes. listening to this podcast right now. He talks. Yes. <laughs> Go on YouTube and then type in Carmen. Uh, C-A-R-M-E-N, the exact way it sounds, and then type in Satan Bite the Dust. <laughs> it's a music video that is as bad as you think it is. <laughs> it's set in some really crappy, like Hollywood backlot Western thing. Yes. And Carmen shoots the devil with his awesome song. <laughs> he shoots the devil with the song. That's Satan, <laughs> bite the dust. 
It's so yeah. ridiculous, dude. It's, it's nuts, man. It's absolutely bonkers. Anyway, speaking of all that kind of stuff, what mm-hmm. were what were the things that that you snuck around? Did you snu- sneak around PG thirteen movies or parental advisory CDs from your parents? Yeah. Um, so I, when I was in middle school, I mean, back to church stuff, I started playing keyboard in in the church band I was in up here in Broward, mm-hmm. and then like I was always into music, and I mean, playing music. You can attest to this. Playing music in the church. I mean, the music isn't like fun musically but it really trained you on how to play with a band um like play off each other which is really helpful and so i really got into incubus because the guys in like the church band i was in were into incubus um and that was like when their science album came out it's i think it was their second album Mm -hmm. so that it didn't have a parental advisory rating on it but it definitely had bad words and allusions to getting like anally probed by aliens um (laughs) what was funny is that my sister She's two years younger than me. She's like, oh, my brother likes Incubus. I'll go out and buy an Incubus CD too. So she buys the first album and we're playing it in the, in the white minivan my parents had and my mom's driving. Oh, man. And it comes on and it says the F word. My mom presses eject, takes the CD, opens my, her driver's side window and just <laughs> flings it out the window. My sister starts crying. I start laughing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I had so many worse CDs yeah. and then I went home and she threw all those away too. Um, <laughs> like I almost kind of just happened into things. Like I got really sick at my grandparents' house and I threw up everywhere. So they put me in the living room while they cleaned up the bedroom I was staying in and true lies was on. Yeah. Um, so I ended up watching true lies when I was like in fifth grade. Nice. <laughs> that was crazy. But yeah, I mean, if, for the most part I, I, I stayed in the lines. Like if, if I did anything, I stuck anything around. It's like it was at a friend's house unintentionally. Right. But yeah, I was always a pretty a good kid. Pretty a good kid. My God, my grammar. Yeah. I was always pretty good. <laughs> I was always a um, pretty good. <laughs> I was always a pretty good kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, like I, I don't know. Like you said, your rebellion was tame. I was trying to think what mine was. Yeah, my rebellion my, was was real tame. Like I mean, my rebellion was mostly through music. So I. Yeah. What I would do is, and this is going to sound funny, but like I would get my mom to buy me CDs from bands that where the, the band name sounded Christian. So like Newfound Glory. For example. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Stone Temple Pilots. Nice. You know, Ooh, uh, STP, Nine Inch yeah, Nails. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> bands, bands where you can argue that they're Christian. <laughs> yes. Well, you can see, Mom. Yeah. The, if you read the actual Greek, the nails are nine inches, <laughs> but they use a different scale to measure. You wouldn't understand. Just give me the CD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like my my friends had corn freak on a leash. Listen to that. Yeah. My dad was always it was always really experimental with music. Yeah. He was always into like just stuff that like he he had D'Angelo Brown Sugar on cassette. Oh, awesome. I don't know. I don't know what the hell that was until like I started listening to it a while after. Right he really got me into like the rock side of things and just, just looking out there. Like if you like something, just like the music and consume a lot of it. So I did a lot of LimeWire and Napster downloading of like sure. entire discographies of bands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think my, like the music for me, like uh, the bands I listened to was pretty similar to yours. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of like the most extreme. Oh, I do remember when I went to, um, I went to visit this college my senior year of high school and I, I, I get like you stay with uh, two people in their dorm for the weekend. You get to see the college. Was it Liberty? So I, I walk, yeah, yeah. Liberty University. I figured yeah, yeah. it was. So I walk into the kid's room and like, oh, cool. It was a college dorm. Da, 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 da. 
and it is just the loudest, screechiest music. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell? The kid is like emo as heck, just all black, and he's a huge poster on his wall. It says, Norma Jean, bless the martyr, kiss the child. Oh, wow. I'm like, that was my first introduction to like hardcore, <clears throat> crazy, like most would say it's not even music, music, right? really atonal, dissonant stuff. And that I'm like, oh, yes. My mom can't even understand what they're saying. She can't argue with me. <laughs> oh, that was off to the races, dude. Then I just devoured everything. Yeah, absolutely. And what's interesting as well is that during that time, mm-hmm. uh, during the the 2001 to 2006 emo movement for me at least and maybe it's the same mm-hmm. for you where you when you would discover a record label you would then yeah. dive into the roster that was in the record label and all of them were amazing yes so i got into newfound glory and that's what got me into drive through records and that's what got me into mm-hmm. something corporate which was then the reason why i started playing piano the reason why i started singing in general you know all, all yeah. these different kinds of things and then god only knows i guess i guess through reliant k i then found Anne berlin which then brought me to tooth oh. and nail so then from tooth yeah. and nail i start i found under oath and then from under oath to norma jean to the chariot to yeah. now i'm just listening to white noise and and saying it's yeah. music you know yes. what i mean like <laughs> yeah but i love yeah, it for me, i love it all I, I don't know if that's the same now not yeah. at all because now record labels are, are few and far between and i'll have these episodes where i'll i'll just go and go on vagrantrecords.com, Epitaph Records, all these old record labels that I used to listen to, like bands from first to last, Emery, all this stuff. I'm so glad you do this too, because I do it as well. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, dude. I'm like, what are they doing? Yeah. And da, 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 da. But so many bands, like I found Dashboard, but he had he had the first album uh, before he had Dashboard's Further Seems Forever. Yeah. Oh man, I can't believe I forget the title. Something Moon. Oh, the Moon is Down. Moon is Down. Yeah. I, I think that album, at least like, the music of it mm-hmm. was really responsible for like how I wrote music and how I still do. It's just that whole album. I, I still put it on and uh, Ryan Alexander, you know him as well. Mm-hmm. Him and I were just like devouring music as much as possible. He came to the school uh, our junior year. So him and I would just sit at the back of the class and just trade songs or like a hey, Ryan play this song. He figure out how to play it. And so I turned him on to further seems forever. And he just, like him and I just did not stop listening to that album. It's perfect. It's up there with like one of my top five albums. Yeah, it's great. But yeah, it, it, it was very like you brought the point that you brought up. It's very interesting because I would get into a record label and like you said, every band hit. Mm-hmm. Every band was like, oh, this is that's cool because of this or or like this one band Showbread. They have a, a guitarist and two guitar and like it's just very different. Were they inspirational like, for the Anchor Collective as well? Because they had thirteen members in their band. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, I'm in a band with a, a, a guest you had on before, Adrian, yeah. Adrian Gibbs. Um, and we write music, but we also try to see how many people we can fit on the smallest stages yeah. we can find. You have three merch guys on stage. They, yes. they don't even play. They just sell shirts. <laughs> they just stand it, yes. <laughs> in the middle of our songs. Yeah. We have one song called Buy Our Merch. Buy our it's merch, not please. cheap, but we need to eat. Yes. Yeah. It, it's funny to look back now and see some of the bands that we were into like doing reunion tours or going completely for free, no record label. That always is really interesting to watch to see how an entire industry pivots, like how Blockbuster mixed, missed out on Netflix. 
Right. To see the reaction to the entire record label, all the record labels and that uh, the idea of signing a record deal kind of going the way of the Buffalo to quote an MXPX album mm-hmm. because Spotify and streaming and before that downloads to where artists now have to make their money on tour because you're not really signed to a label because why? Because they're just going to take all your money anyway. Yeah. Um, and you can record like high quality stuff at your house. It is it's interesting super- because even going into that that whole thing under oath was doing retrospective of all their albums lately i don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen them yeah but yeah so they they were talking about define the great line and this is something i don't remember but apparently when the album was out uh, before it came out it leaked and the label was like extremely worried that they weren't going to make any money from the album at wow. all and in fact, it's one of the highest grossing albums that Tooth and Nail has ever put out. So it it just speaks that their music was just that good, that people yeah. just wanted to buy it. They didn't care. They just wanted to have it because it was that good. Did Where'd you buy your CDs from? I usually would buy them at Best Buy. Yes. Yeah. Remember going to Best Buy and buying things that weren't TVs? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like I remember my sister and I would take our money. Yeah. Like, CD you're gonna buy and then I, we would drive back to my parents house listening to those albums like oh this is great yeah it's, it's a crazy weird time. because so my best buy would always have 9.99 cds yeah but if you wanted a selection yep. you had to go to fye and they had like 20 dollars cds <laughs> so like if you yeah. wanted the yeah. really obscure band you had to go to fye to get it but yeah those were my two options that to me feels very similar to how it felt going and trying to get that trying to have a blockbuster night, but like going through the aisles and like looking at the VHS tapes, the same thing as like going through the aisles and like flipping through the CDs, the very um, tangible, what's the word analog feeling. Yeah. Very much like tactile. You have to go do the work instead of like scrolling through your phone, Spotify, random that one. Oh yeah, absolutely. In fact, there's, a lot of movies that I haven't even seen, but I have information about the movie in my head because I've seen the box art before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I've never seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, but I know what the poster looks like. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, you, and I know that, what it's about. That was about. such a weird time. Yeah. <laughs> and but now we sound like rated and guys. I can't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you still, you still can't watch yeah. it. <laughs> But now we're the old guys on the porch, like back in my day, yeah. we had to walk up hill both ways to return our VHS. Exactly. So <laughs> it's just interesting to see how it's all shifted. I know. And I'm sure it's just going to get crazier and crazier now. I'm sure you heard of it, but that Trolls World Tour movie yeah. came out yeah. on a video on demand and like blew out, blew everyone out of the water. Oh, yeah. Like made an exorbitant amount of money. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what studio was. Universal. Studio, I know about all the yeah, drama. You, <laughs> yeah dude it, it's yeah. like we're, we're just gonna release them and the theater's like no you have to play them here I'm like yeah. oh this is great dude this amc is really cool. gonna go out of business i i don't know i okay i love going to the movie theater yeah i love nowadays picking my seat i have theaters that i like to go to because mm-hmm. for me my wife it's like a babysitter and we have to plan things out in advance but a nice theater with nice seats like, i love the movie theater experience when everyone's just there for the movie and not talking or looking at their phones yeah but I do love movies at my house. I can pause it, make more popcorn, and no one judges me. <laughs> but I, I don't. I, I worked at a movie theater. Yeah, me like, too. It'd be hard to see those go away. But I, I don't think that like 
they're not going to go away entirely. It's going to be different when, after COVID's over and after Universal keeps fighting with everyone. It's going to be a very different landscape. Right. As far as movie movie going experience. Well, and it's crazy too because like at first AMC's w- was like, well, then you can't, we're not playing any more uni- uh, Universal Studios movies. And what yep. a lot of people don't realize is like that means no Fast and the Furious. That means yep. no, like any, usually like the top five biggest movies of the year are Universal movies. Yeah. And the rest of them are Disney movies because they own yeah. everything else. Who knows, man? The, the thing that I've been hearing is that Amazon is wanting to buy AMC now. So it's just going to be the Amazon theater. Wow. Right. So now Amazon movies that are like Amazon originals are going to be in the movie theaters because they'll have their own theater, which is now going to then spike Disney into wanting to make Disney movie theaters. Oh, my God. So now it's just going to be the same thing all over again. We're we're like 10 years away from the Terminator landscape where everything is just on fire and metal (laughs) and shooting at us. That is crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely nuts, man. But you know, but you know, if Amazon did a movie theater, it would be like the most hands-free, comfortable experience ever. Yeah. And I'd be able to order anything I want because it's Amazon. Yeah. (laughs) I'll take a turkey leg. And laundry detergent, please. Thank you. (laughs) A bowl of cotton candy, like three tidy whities. I'm going to go catch a movie. (laughs) It'll be awesome, and and, and it'll That's and it crazy. shows up in, within like the, the, your movie. That's that would be crazy. It's wild to think of. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's the thought, and I mean Jeff Bezos has the money to do it. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's possible. I yeah. just want to go into our next bit. We're talking about movies, and we're talking right about on. movie snacks. What were your favorite snacks growing up? Yes. Oh man, Nutter Butters. Uh, zebra cakes, crumb cake donuts. Okay. Uh, I don't remember Captain, these. Yeah. So they're Entenmann's. You can buy them at Publix okay. and they're like a glazed donut, but they have like, like pieces of a donut on top of the donut. I, <laughs> I'm very hard to describe it. I don't know. I just ate a ton of them at night yeah. when I wasn't supposed to. Um, they always taste better at one in the morning, huh? <laughs> dude. So I, this is like a habit that I had well into my marriage. Yeah. <laughs> to where I would wake up in the middle of the night, like to go to the bathroom or get some water. I'm like, I'm awake and there's ice cream. And I just, sit there, just <laughs> like my parents would come out when I was younger, would come out of the bedroom. Like, Josh, what are you doing? I was like stuffing my face with chocolate ice cream, dove bars, just as many <laughs> as I could. My goats were always like, I like the sweet and salty together. It's like a, a, a good chocolate checks mix or like popcorn with snow caps in them. That's a good idea. Um, yeah. I'm into that. Or Wendy's Frosty with French fries. Yeah, I'm into that. Always a pairing. What yes. about, were you a breakfast cereal kid? I thought it was healthy to eat breakfast for every meal. <laughs> sure. So I ate cereal all the time. <laughs> what were your favorites? Uh, a peanut butter Captain Crunch. Oh, wow. For however much it cut my top of my mouth up. Oh, that was yeah. it. Absolutely. The colder the milk, the better. Reese's Puffs, Cookie Crisp. Okay. But now that I say that out loud, they're just candy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Ridiculous, yeah. dude. Well, not to um, mention you're you're really into the peanut butter stuff. Have you had, oh, heck yeah, have dude. you had peanut butter corn pops yet? No, I haven't. Those are really good. I mean, considering how much you like peanut butter cereal, you'd really like it. See, the thing is, I only ate corn pops in the small like little box that things that you would get. Sure, you. the variety things. Yeah, and you like tear the perforated line up yeah. and you put some milk in there and eat it 
that's how you're supposed to learn what servings are. <laughs> oh, my, okay, sure. Sure. A serving is how much I want to eat till I'm Exactly. Full. A serving is how much serving. I serve myself. <laughs> yes. Not even how many times I get up. It's just I'm going to keep serving myself. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, every episode of this podcast, I like to review a box of cereal with my guest. Cool. And usually I like to re- review a cereal that has something to do with my guest in some way, shape, yeah. or form. I spoke with my do sponsors it. over at Funko. Okay. Now, by sponsor, I mean that I like them and I buy all their products. And by spoke to, I mean that I tweeted them repeatedly and they didn't get back to me. Now, the okay. cereal <laughs> that I got for you is Funko brand Kiss the Demon Cereal. <laughs> dude. Oh, my gosh, Mike. <laughs> That is so cool. Yeah, dude. I <laughs> Seven-year-old me could never have that cereal because it would send me straight to hell. That's exactly why but, uh, I got it for you, dude. <laughs> dude, I'm eating it and I'm going to hell with a, a full belly. That's why I got it for you. And if you that look in the so back, cool. there's a maze. There's a maze. And if you make it, you go all the way to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is and so good. So, <laughs> so I want to review this cereal with you. Now it is yes. kind of difficult because we're Zoom conferencing and all yeah. that kind of stuff, but we can use our imagination. Yes. So again, it would be fun to review this cereal, but it would be way more fun to review this cereal as the demon from Kiss. Or okay. the demon that's gonna come out whatever you eat the cereal. Yeah. Or listen to a kiss album backwards. So yeah. <laughs> whatever whatever it is that you'd like to do. And once this is all edited, I'll put music yeah. in it. It's gonna sound cool. amazing. But yeah, whenever whenever you're ready, I'd like for you to review this cereal with the information that I've given you. Is there a flavor profile on there? There's it's multi grain cereal. It's red. Maybe it's flame and hot cereal, you know? <laughs> Oh God, dude! That would be so gross. Hot Cheetos cereal. <laughs> that would be so gross. That's a very good mythical morning idea. Flame and hot cereal. Whenever you're ready, man. This cereal, kiss the demon cereal. Red hot, just like the flames of hell. <laughs> hell kiss stands for kids in Satan's service. <laughs> We eat them. That's what I, that's what my Baptist preacher told me one time. <laughs> that sounds about multi-grain, right. <laughs> multi-grain cereal because you have to watch your fiber intake. You need the cereal to come into your belly, but also exit the other side of your belly, yeah. which is your butt. Yeah. Included, there is a small little demon man. So in case you forget who you should be praying to at night, <laughs> I guess Gene Simmons in a Funko Pop yeah. size, which is creepy enough. Yeah. No one should have that long of a tongue. I think. <laughs> Simmons is the only actual demon in the band kiss. <laughs> now, if you solve the secret maze, not only do you go to hell, it also forms a pentagram or a pentagon or the pentagon, whatever thing is evil enough. <laughs> the pentagon is from the U.S. government. <laughs> whatever, the that's evil is what you're talking about. Defund the Pentagon. Who knows what we're doing now? <laughs> you gotta pray to the Pentagon <laughs> to summon the demon. To summon Gene Simmons in Funko Pop two-inch size with a three-inch tongue, you must finish the pentagram maze. <laughs> What's at the bottom, little king dude? Oh, it's it's the little Funko guy. It's Freddy Funko. Oh, he looks so cute. Yeah. Too bad he's going to hell. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Too bad he's in hell. Yeah. <laughs> Funko brand kiss the demon cereal, ladies and gentlemen. We did it. They said it couldn't that, be done. They were probably right, yeah. but we did it. And by they, we mean no one. I did not know that existed. <laughs> yeah, man. 
I found this and I immediately thought of you. Not even. Dude, if anyone can create their own cereal, why don't you create your own cereal? I should, but and every little thing can be like every little piece of cereal can be a keyboard. How awesome would or that music, be? Or a music note. Eighty-eight little marshmallows. <laughs> or like I it's, found. They're all. Can you imagine all little kids like I found the C chord. Yes. <laughs> You can form Jack's Mannequin, which is Andrew McMahon's other band, but they're all actual mannequin pieces. Yeah. And you put it together, and it forms Andrew McMahon. Yes. I, these are all serial ideas that only three people would buy, but I would be all three of them. Yeah, why has no one asked us? <laughs> That's so good. This episode of Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez is brought to you by The Crunch Cup. Save time in the morning by taking your cereal on the go. Simply add cereal to the inner cup, milk into the outer cup, screw on the lid, and you're ready to crunch. Eat cereal in the car, at your desk, or anywhere else you want. Go to thecrunchcup.com to purchase what I think is a genius invention and use the discount code MikeValdez10. That's Mike, M-I-K-E, Valdez, V-A-L-D-E-S, the number 10, to save 10% off of your order. You can also sign up for their monthly giveaway to win a year's supply of cereal. So what are you waiting for? Go to thecrunchcup.com and use promo code MikeValdez10 to save 10% off of your order. The Crunch Cup. It's better than spooning. So I want to move on into what you're mm-hmm. doing now because you're a musician and you're in yeah. the Anchor Collective and all that stuff. But what started your music journey from the very beginning? What were your first influences and all that? My grandma on my mom's side was very musical for as long as I can remember. She passed away, but as long as I can remember, she was always singing, always playing the piano. And so my mom and my dad really had... Uh, felt that music was important for my sister and I. So for the first, I'd say when I was like five till I was like 12, I was in music lessons, uh, piano lessons every week that included like music theory and all that jazz. And then when I got into school, I was in the band. I played trumpet for two years and the French horn for four. And that was great. Just cause that, that's only something you get to do when you're in middle school and high school, unless you're like awesome. Cause getting into orchestra is near impossible. Yeah. But I do miss like playing John Williams songs and like wailing on a French horn. And it just, it's really, really pretty music. I really miss um, hearing an elementary band play the B flat to try oh, to do that warm up. Horrible. Yeah. It's also the sound they use in Guantanamo Bay to torture people. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure it is. It's the worst. My seventh grade band. Yes. <laughs> with, um, with Mike Valdez and third chair trombone. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, from there, uh, my dad bought a guitar from his friend. And then I realized that the guitar is just like the piano just laid differently. Yeah. And then I found like um, chords online. And then I, I, I have vivid memories of like staying in my room, figuring out what like drop E, open E tuning was and playing like the entire Your Hair is Everywhere album. Yeah. Screaming Infidelities, that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, from Dashboard or like taking my dad's electric guitar, plugging into an amp, finding out what distortion was and playing the entire Malian to the Sons of Disaster in drop D tuning. Yeah, um, nice. And that, I think, if I picked up a guitar today, I, I couldn't do what I did then because I just had so much free time. I was in middle school and high school and I played sports, but that was about it. So I just, that's all I did was play guitar. And then I was in a band playing keys for a while. It was called Crimson Bear. We're like a screamo band, like in the under oath time. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember this it was band pretty, for sure. Yeah, it was pretty fun. We did some touring, uh, like two two summers worth of tours. 
That was not great, to mention man. you also played my chapel. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that goes without saying. That's that, that was, was the that was the pinnacle of Crimson Barrel. That, that I'm was sure. that was the one of the spots we had to make. Yeah. We had to stop and play chapel um, right after Joe King and his stupid time. Yeah, you, you um, would come out and be let's get started now. <laughs> yeah, that's it, dude. You know it. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> I know. He's but uh, that was like a stereotypical band experience. We had a van that we drilled some huge bullhorns in the front of and just drove and it broke down and we fixed the van. We kept driving, met a lot of cool people, met a lot of cool bands while we were on the road and been, went to cities and places that I'll never go again. Cause I really can't remember where they were. Yeah. But then after that was really involved in like church music for a long time. And through that met everyone in the anchor collective. And that just started because we were just tired of the music we were playing in church and tired of, like how boring it was and just wanted to write stuff to see what came out. Um, We had already been playing together like five or six years at that point, just on like Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and Thursday nights. So we had a lot of reps in. And so, yeah, I mean, that's where we're kind of at now. We're working on our third album, which is kind of on pause now because the whole COVID thing. But yeah, it's really interesting because our first album, you can tell we just came out of church. Mm -hmm. It's so it's almost a church album, which is it's, rough to listen to the second album homeward really proud of that one that one's oh, sorry that one's atlas the second one really proud of that one because musically it's just everywhere yeah and this one we're working on i'm just i'm so pumped i'm really excited for this covid thing to end because we have some really good stuff brewing and what's funny is that most of us are married and have kids and we all have jobs and we're all kind of doing our own things we're texting each other and then we're writing songs and we're all coming together with our pieces of songs that we're writing yeah. And they're, it's all like this, they're all, they're like an underlying theme of like just the wilderness and like discovering what life is um, while running through the wilderness. So that sounds cliche as hell, but. Not at all, man. I I, I actually, on on the contrary, I feel that that's something that we as not even a country, just as the world are feeling right now Mm -hmm. is we just feel like we're in the wilderness and we're trying to figure it all out. You know, it, it, this COVID thing has been a good thing and a bad thing. And, and yeah. you know, the, the good things that I've gotten from it is that, and, and I've said this many times on the podcast, so forgive me if, if you're listening to this for the 14th time, but it really makes you appreciate the minute because mm-hmm. you never appreciated getting a haircut until COVID. Yeah. You know, you yeah. never you never appreciated how somebody technically doesn't have to bring you water if you ask them to for, to bring you water at a restaurant, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing. It, it just makes you appreciate people and just the value mm-hmm. of people and community and how amazing yeah. people are and, and that how we should love each other. Like and, yeah. and of course, yes, that 100 percent is very, very cliche, but that's just what it is. It, 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 you know, the reason why it's so cliche is because it's true. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what it is. That's why it sounds cheesy because it's true, Mm -hmm. you know? So, but yeah, man, this, this whole thing has been eye opening in, in so many ways, but going back into music and, and Mm -hmm. what you're doing with anchor and, and all that kind of stuff. If you were to list three songs to someone who has never heard anchor before and and you're like, these are the three songs you should listen to. If you want to understand what the anchor collective is about, what would those three songs be? Paper crowns, Lionheart, and then ink and thread. Okay. I think all those songs 
show like the breadth of kind of moods we go in and out of on our songs because they're those are all kind of everywhere sure yeah the the cool thing about anchor collective uh if you haven't heard them uh, is that it reminds me of the early november where they can have very like soft kind of lullaby sounding songs and then in the next bit have the most harsh sounding guitar and harsh mm-hmm. lyrics and vulnerable and vulnerability and all that kind of stuff and I feel like you guys do that very well as well Thanks man where it's just an all encompassing body of work if that makes yeah. if that makes any sense um which i think is amazing and that's how a lot of bands so. should be so just out of curiosity for this next mm-hmm. one what's the direction that you're going for we realized when we started writing this these songs and trying to figure out how many songs we want to put together and trying to figure out what we want to do with it we realized we're going to have to fight for this album cuz like i said before we're all really busy so to make this happen, we're going to need to like want to make it happen super like a lot. And we also, cause Adrian and I were talking like, can we do this in this song? Can we do it? Like I told him like, dude, we can do whatever we want. These are our songs. Yeah. We can have 17 verses, no courses, no bridge. We can do whatever we want. So that's kind of like the, the turn, like, so Adrian does a lot of the lyrics and I do a lot of like the guitar parts or like the song parts. And then when like him and I meet together and try to flesh it out to one whole thing, and then we get bring it to the band and they just like riff on it and make it sound beautiful. That's where we're kind of at. It's like, we can just do whatever we want. The song layout can be whatever it is. I think the song layout is taking a back seat to what we just want to say. Right. Because uh, like Adrian is so good with his words. He's, he's a wordsmith. He's very articulate and says things very pretty. And there are a lot of things we as a band feel that are important to say in the time we're in and in the context of where we came from as a band, like we all came from the church. Like I think one of us still goes to church and what that transformation looks like for us as a spiritual being, not even like I religion or this sect of Christianity or this belief in Judaism like, no, as a spiritual being, what does it look like for us to live in this world and to like hold intention, the two things of like, all the love in the world we experience and all the suffering in the world that we experience. Like how do you make sense of those in light of like having some feeling that there's something else after all this? Yeah. Um, that's a lot of words to say that we're just writing whatever the hell we want. Sure. And it's very freeing and it allows us to like, like you said, like have a nice little part where it's super pretty. Our guitarist, Chris Rosser's like has every single pedal on this pedal board on and they're super expensive and they sound like robots making other robots. And it's super pretty and then like we just go into some really bass heavy riff and it's just really cool how it all intertwines and figuring out how to take these really um different puzzle pieces and like make them fit that's what i really enjoy about the whole like music writing process yeah absolutely man it's funny you know you you touched on this in the beginning but Mm -hmm. i feel like something that is so important especially as musicians and this is something that i i spoke to gibbs about you know off mic at one mm-hmm. point when when he was here and we were talking just about a podcast and and he was he yeah. had just had the idea of of wanting to start one and and these yeah. kinds of things and we were talking about how we can say whatever we want when we're musicians and we have songs, but at the same time, you can't necessarily get the point completely across in just a song. I'll I'll say that I'm guilty of this. 
like I'll text Adrian like a song by someone and not you, but like, I'm sure if I said his name, you'd know who it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, I gave I gave half it away if I said their name. Yeah, but the songs are just like I woke up in the morning, got my coffee, co- like got my cup of coffee, and I grabbed a book and I sat down. Like the song is just the dude is saying exactly what's happening. Yeah, like you, I mean, you didn't like, have to sing my song, but <laughs> <laughs> if, if it's not yours, it's yours now. Uh, but like, like no, I'm not saying all music has to have like this crazy ambiguity to sure. it. Sure, do what you want to say, but there is there is something special about a song that makes you go, does it mean this or does it mean this or does it mean something else? But yeah, like you can't say like, I don't think you should be saying exactly, Hey, what I'm thinking is that libertarianism is a new way. Apparently I'm a rapper now. Yeah. Um, But, uh, and you sold out. (laughs) Yeah, dude. No one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. And I understand what you're coming from. Sometimes you just can't say everything you want to say in three minutes. Yeah, and especially when you're talking about the things that you talk about on your podcast, yeah. Dirty Rotten Church Kids, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily something that <laughs> that can be put into a perfect little box that that lasts yeah. three minutes and thirty seconds. Yeah. But yeah, so I I kind of want to talk about that a little bit mm-hmm. when Gibbs came up with the idea and talked to you about it, and then how did this all start? We had planned to, it was like me, Adrian, like two other guys, like, Hey, let's go get some cigars. Let's go hang out. The two other guys couldn't show up. And so Adrian and I just sitting there hanging out. Um, and I had a thought when I was mowing along that day, I'm like, man, it'd be really cool to start a podcast. I listened to a ton of them. Yeah. Um, I have a, like a pretty decent knowledge of like audio equipment and, and how to get that set up. And so I had it in my head. And then I brought it up to Adrian. We were at, having cigars and he's like, dude, I thought the same thing. Like, oh my gosh. So we sat there that night and pretty much planned out the whole thing. What we thought was going to be the, the idea. We came up with the name Dirty Rotten Church Kids. And that was Adrian, of course. And you say that and it, you pretty much know what you're getting into. Yeah. Um, we didn't want to hoodwink anyone. We didn't want anyone coming into it thinking it's going to be one thing and then make them feel really bad. And so that name kind of helps. And then we just, we were both at a point and, and still kind of are we were both at a point like feeling a lot of things leaving the church. And we had so many conversations with other people who were in similar stages or had similar feelings in the very least to what we were feeling. And a lot of the things they would say like, Oh, I'm thinking that exact thing, or that makes a lot of sense because I was thinking this and like, man, it'd be great if in the future, if anyone is ever thinking these things, if they could just turn on this podcast and like, okay, I agree with that. I don't agree with that. Some place for all these desperate thoughts to come together. And that's kind of where it came from. And then it just, I don't want to say spiraled out, spiraled out of control because it's been really, really good, but it like, it became way more than we thought. It's right. it's like our, it's reaching a people as far as like New Zealand and like the UK and the message, like Adrian and I don't really filter anything. So it's, it's everywhere. And the message we get from people are like, oh, it was great. I need that laugh. That was really cool. I don't really agree with this or that. But this point was interesting Two other messages we'll get because we had a podcast with Kevin Garcia, who is a um, online pastor, uh, a a queer Christian and a tarot card reader. Uh, They have a book out, uh, Bad Theology Kills. If you're at all interested in a queer man's journey or a queer person's journey through multiple conversion therapy camps through multiple like guilt ridden church services. That book is 
amazing. It's heartbreaking, but it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and we, we had Kevin on and we had some people message us about how they now feel comfortable coming out to their family or they came out to their firefighter friends, but haven't come out to their parents or they, these kids or this, this person can't tell their parent that they don't think the Bible is this or that, or God is this or that. So we're finding like people confiding in us or just finding comfort in our podcast, which is all we wanted. Right. We wanted people to not feel alone. Cause that's a, that's how very much how Adrian and I felt when we left the sphere of the church. And yeah, man, it's, it's been ridiculous. It's been so much fun. We drop them like every other week to give us time to like edit all our segments together and all the dumb music we play. And then like, if we can, or like it's a pertinent episode, we try to crank them out in a week, but it's been great, man. It's, it's like, it, I don't know. It's like that, that firework that you buy and you set it off and it blows up way bigger than you thought. Like, Oh, that was great. But Oh crap. What do I do? Right. It's just been really, really crazy. And yeah, like we had Kevin Garcia on uh, upcoming episode. We have, we have a lady coming on to talk about the Enneagram mm-hmm. and, and the history of that and how it like can be helpful for your life. We've had our wives on, which was the very <laughs> telling episode. Mm-hmm. We had, uh, we had some uh, a therapist on to talk about like psychology behind trauma. Um, so it ranges from everything. It's a lot of bullshit. Um, but we, we try to just uh, to start a conversation and wherever it goes, it goes. And like you said, we can kind of say just whatever we want, but yeah, it's been really, really fun, really freeing. Yeah. I, I actually love the podcast. I listen to it Thanks, whenever man. it comes out. You know how it is when you listen to a lot of podcasts, when, oh, yeah. especially when, when a podcast you love comes out, you kind of just put it up to the beginning of yep. your queue and you're like, that's yeah. the first thing I'm listening to. Yeah. And that's your, that's your podcast for me. Thanks man. I love it. And mostly just because I love you guys and I, I yeah. like hearing my friends talk and you know, like that kind of thing. But also just because like, I agree with a lot of what you're saying and, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's nice to know that somebody else is working through the things I'm working through yeah. in my own spirituality and that kind of stuff. And, and also have also been through the same things that I've been through and in churches and in politics in the church and being a musician and doing all kinds of stuff. You know, it's definitely, if, if you haven't listened to it, definitely listen to it. Love that podcast. Like nobody's business. So I just to wrap up here, I'm going to ask you this, these last two questions. What advice would you give to yourself as a child now? I would say two things. I would say, don't take yourself too seriously. And it doesn't really matter what anyone thinks of you. I still struggle with both of those, yeah. but I always, I mean, cause you're a kid and adults are always adults and they're always important, but don't take yourself too seriously. Like not everything is end all be all. And I think a lot of that was my conservative upbringing. Like, Oh, you look at this, you're going to hell. You don't save your friends. They're going to hell. Everything was so serious. Yeah. Uh, and also I spent, I put so much investment into what other, what I thought other people thought of me. And I made decisions based on what I thought other people would want me to do rather than just do what I wanted to do. That's either in the church or just in the school or my friends. I would say I did this one thing cause everyone did it. Or I would try something cause everyone said it was great. I'm like, it sucks. I don't know. I hate this. Why am I even doing this? This food sucks or this movie sucks or this clothes doesn't even fit me. This is why the hell would you wear a wallet chain? This is really stupid. Yeah. What are soap shoes? There's no soap on them. Yeah. I'm not going to grind on stuff. So yeah, I've actually thought about that. 
if I had the opportunity to go back to my little elementary self, like, hey, man, just take it easy. Like we say in the podcast, like it's all going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. And who gives a crap what your friends think about you? If they're your friends, they're going to stick around regardless. Yeah. I would say that. Okay. Here's the ultimate question. Go. What do you think the child version of yourself would think of you right now? He would be proud of how much time I spend video gaming. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I, I still put in a good amount of hours on that. But he'd be very disappointed in the fact that I have no VHS copies of Dragon Ball Z anywhere. <laughs> that was one of the things I told myself. When I get older, I'm going to buy every single Dragon Ball Z episode. <laughs> and I realized there's like a thousand of them. Yeah. And now there's a whole new series. Yeah. And now I don't have to buy VHS tapes. I can just download them all. But I don't have time to watch all that stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, like ideally, like my whole entire room would be covered in VHS copies. <laughs> That'd be a fire hazard, dude. It's <laughs> <laughs> nuts, man. That's so yeah. That was, that was yeah. Dragon Ball Z, man. That that was a lot of my childhood. Yeah. I mean, on the real though, I mm-hmm. personally, not to put feelings in your heart or anything. Yeah. But like, I feel like the child version of you would be happy with the fact that you're an accomplished musician that you've come out with albums, you yeah, know, I guess so. also not yeah. to mention, he'd be happy that you're married and have kids. Yeah. He'd that, be surprised the, the fun, that anyone's sleeping with you. You know yes. what I mean? <laughs> to find a woman who would want to spend the rest of her life with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, those are all great things. That's man. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how my, my young self would feel about having kids. Yeah. But the, the love thing is pretty nice. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's okay. I'll keep it. <laughs> I think it's important to think about those things because yeah. it helps you get out of the valleys and it really helps you appreciate the hills. Like it, it helps you appreciate your victories because the yeah. child version of yourself will be so proud of you. But then also yeah. like the child version of you would also be astonished that you're doing something that you now think is not that great. Like for like for me, mm. it would be uh, a couple of days ago, I, I just went on an audition for a commercial and I'm like, oh, man, I have to go to this audition. There's probably going to be a, 10 other guys that look just like me. This is going to freaking yeah. suck and I'm not going to get this and blah, 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 blah. The child version of myself would be like, dude, you got an audition. Yeah, That's freaking audition, amazing. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And who knows, you know, if I if I get the call back, then I'm I'm more than likely myself now. Man, I got to go back into the same freaking yeah. thing all over again. It's probably going to be the same three guys again, you know. But sometimes it takes like like what you just said, sometimes it takes someone from the outside looking in and go, "Hey man, but you got this, you got this." Yeah. So to your point, yeah, like my my young self would love the fact that I have a wife and we've been married for let me get this right eight years nice. and we have a house and like we have kids and we have a pool. And as far as like my life is going in general, it's like pretty good. I don't have much to complain about. So I'm pretty sure my, my young self would appreciate yeah. that. But also the lack of Dragon Ball Z VH test. <laughs> and I have no Pokemon cards. Yeah. <laughs> no, Pokemon no, cards. <laughs> no pogs, no Pokemon cards, dude. I'm a fraud. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, you know, as as adults, we give kids a lot of grief, and I feel mm-hmm. like it's so important to keep that childlike version of who you are and to keep yeah. that child version of yourself satisfied, I guess, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. just because that kid is everything that is good in a lot of ways. Because, you know, for, yeah. for example, 
you know, with, with what's happening right now with this racism issue that we're having. Mm-hmm. When we were kids, we didn't care about what people look like. Yeah. We just cared if they were nice or not. And mm-hmm. that's it. That's all we yeah. cared about. You know, we didn't care about about any of this garbage. And yeah. and now we're putting all these rules and we're and we're saying this, that, and the other thing, and we're making up fake lies about people or whatever the case and and which ironically is is in my opinion is childish you know when when in all reality kids don't freaking care like kids kids don't care you know if if you're black white anything like who cares man you're a good person awesome you're my friend Mm -hmm. that's it you know and and that's the way it always needs to be not to bring the you know the whole thing in in like down or anything but it's just Mm -hmm. like it's just it's a weird moment right now. And, yeah. you know, and, and it's it's hard to speak on because at least for me, because it's something that I watch the news and, you know, I, I was my mom was watching the news recently and we were just watching it. And out of nowhere, she looked at me and goes, why are you crying? And I didn't realize I had been crying while I was watching the news. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's so freaking scary, dude. Like, yeah, and- it, it, it's it's a very weird time. Uh, we actually had uh, two friends on the podcast. Should be coming out pretty soon. Uh, Brandon Lubin and Nick Murray. They're like Brandon's like is really talented rapper, spoken word artist. Yeah. And Nick Murray is an amazing photographer. But Brandon said something really well. It reminded me of what, reminded me of what you said is that mm-hmm. people have a really hard time thinking about what it's live what it feels like to live through a tipping point. Yeah. And that's what we're doing right now. We're living in the middle of a tipping point where this is what our kids are going to read about in the history books. Oh yeah. 2020 is a year that will be remembered for a very long time for a ton of reasons. And it's not even over yet. Mm-hmm. And it's not even just and, because of COVID. <laughs> oh no, there's a ton of, ton of reasons, but yeah, it, it is. If you can't tell by my voice, I'm a white person. Yeah. I'm half Cuban, but it, people look at me like, Hey, it's a white boy. Yeah. And they're not wrong. So I, I don't, I can't speak to the, the experience that like our black friends and our black brothers and sisters have in America, I can talk to them about it. Um, and I can listen and I can not interject my story in there and just let them talk about their experience. But what I have been seeing, you kind of have to sift through the BS that you see in your feeds mm-hmm. and, and, and f- like find the personal stories, like people standing up for each other, people just displaying just like, heroic acts. That's the only word I can think. Just heroic acts of helping other people out of like going out of their way, putting themselves in harm's way to help this person, um, whether it's be through like water or um, medical care or in a protest, just do, I don't know, man, there's plenty of examples. And I'm sure yeah. everyone listening has, has an example in their head. And to your credit, you can also tear up watching good stuff too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll be, I'll be on Twitter scrolling through some stuff and I'll see, some like African-American mom talking to her daughter. I'm like, Oh, I start tearing up talking about their experiences or just, I don't know, man, it's just a crazy time to live in where we have all this information so readily available. Yeah. And like, I don't think we thought about if having all this information is even good for us. Yeah. Like is having all this information available every second. Is that healthy? I don't, I don't, I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll find out in like 20 years. Is it just as bad as cigarettes and it's just as whatever, bad as, microwaves? Yeah. They're going to microwaves are horrible. In 20 years, there's going to be a mad men of us on the internet. Instead. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. But you know, the, the only thing it just 
for the listener and for you, just in case, the the thing that's been helping me get my mm-hmm. head out of it is going back to three camera sitcoms, man. That turns my brain off instantaneously. I've been watching a lot of Don't Judge Me. I've been watching a lot of Please Don't Judge Me. I've been watching a lot of The Big Bang Theory Go. lately. And <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's it's the most turn your brain off show on the face yeah, of the planet. Food. And that's why it's so entertaining. Like, it couldn't have come at a better time for me. At first, I was like, I don't know if I even like this show. And then after a while, I was like, no, man, this is like the only thing that helps me (laughs) turn my brain off right now. I love it. You know, that's what community on Netflix has done for me. Like, yeah, if I'm feeling too depressed, I never watched it from start to finish. Yeah. So I've been I just been binging it on Netflix and that's been my go to like, okay, too much information. I'm feeling depressed. I needed like detox community press play oh yeah let it go like oh okay let it wash over me it's great (laughs) who's just out of curiosity who's your favorite character oh man i love uh mr chang yeah um when he has changnesia uh i love the monkey annie's boobs annie's boobs (laughs) um i just got through the episode where they played where uh troy was leaving on uh the child what was the boat they called childish something because it's, it's the i thought it was the ss gambino that's what i thought it was, it was the, no it was it was a uh, it was childish something because that that's why he left the show yeah. is to do his his album was to pursue um, was to pursue being the biggest oh, yeah. <laughs> musician of all time yeah it's ridiculous dude um <laughs> and write one of the, the best songs ever last year this is oh, america yeah that yeah it's like way more poignant now than ever yeah. but the episode i just finished with that it was when his farewell episode when they play like the floor is lava. Yeah. And it was so good, dude. It's and like reading the story about Dan Harmon behind that. And that's a whole interesting history, but yeah, that's my go-to show. Yeah, man, this has been so freaking fun, man. Yeah, man. It was a good time. dude. Thank you so much for being on this. Uh, it took a while for us to, it to get it on yes. just because like <laughs> you're busy, I'm busy, yeah. you know, but Hey, uh, and now we have nothing to do. Yeah, so. It's a global pandemic, but we're here, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, tell everyone where they can find you online. So if you want to listen to some music, you can look us up on YouTube, on iTunes and Spotify, uh, the anchor collective. If you want to hear the podcast, it's dirty, rotten church kids, everywhere we're on instagram dirty rotten church kids we're on twitter dirty rotten ck um if you want to follow me on instagram for some stupid reason uh it's josh link underscore and if you have any uh, dragon ball z tapes please slide into my dms i will pay a pretty penny for all your vhs tapes (laughs) that's great all right and for me you can find me on instagram at mike valdez on twitter at i am mike valdez you can go to who is mike valdez.com to find out the answer to that question and that is it ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening please tell all of your friends so we can grow this family bye besties That was a Geek Bro podcast. For more podcasts like this one, visit geekbro.net.